1: This is Derek Bukema, pastor of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today for Grounded and Growing in Christ here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Each weekday at this time, we open God's Word, exploring how it changes us and brings us closer to Him. Right now, we are in a message series called What Is a Church? Focusing on a deeper understanding of what it is that we are called to as a church and what it is that we are called to do as Christians. To hear all of the messages in this series, please visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And if you'd like to help provide financial support for this radio ministry, you can make a gift of any size at that same website, groundedandgrowingradio.com. If you're not already a part of a local church family, and I would like to invite you to visit us at Orland Park CRC this Sunday as we gather to worship the Lord and study His Word together. To find our service times and location information, just visit groundedandgrowingradio.com. And now, let's open God's Word to see what He has for us today. We're going to be able to take a look at Ephesians chapter 1 now. I'm going to read verses 3 to 14. might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, the praise of his glory. Today we have the chance to look at Ephesians chapter 1, and Ephesians 1 is a theologically dense portion of scripture. There are a lot of theological words in that first chapter of Ephesians, the section of scripture that I just read. And we're going to be talking about some of that, but all of the the deep theology gets at this really important and moving truth that God has chosen those of us who are in Christ to be a part of his family. And the way that the scriptures speak of it is that he has adopted us to be a part of his family. He's chosen us with a purpose to be adopted so that we might have an inheritance. And that's what the text in Ephesians chapter 1 tells us. That's what the flow of the text tells us. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And I, I don't know about you, but I find the way that the scripture speaks about adoption and this, the, the way that it, it talks about us being a part of the family of God to be so deeply moving and emotional. That I'm just deeply moved by how does the scriptures talk about us being a part of his family. And I hope that we'll see that and experience that together as we talk about the three parts of Ephesians chapter 1, about how we're predestined, we're chosen to be adopted into an inheritance. Those are the three things that Ephesians 1 talk about. Those are what we're going to talk about today. Ephesians chapter 1 begins by telling us this, that we have been chosen. Those of us who are in Christ have been chosen. That God initiates. Let me read verses 3, 4, and part of 5 again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love he predestined us for adoption to himself god initiates here what we're told here in ephesians chapter one is that god is the one who loves you first that god is the one who enables you to love him in return the children who were baptized here this morning would never have known their families had their parents not initiated the relationship. And in the same way, you and I would never have known Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and friend had He not initiated, had He not chosen, had He not determined before the foundation of the world that He would draw you to Him. This tells us that the Lord loves us not simply with a general love, the kind of love that he has for all of mankind, that the Lord loves you who are in Christ with a specific, choosing, unique love. Is there anyone here this morning who knows yourself well enough to testify that you are not the sort of person who could have chosen the family of God or would have chosen the family of God? I want to tell you this morning that I know myself, I know how quick I am to want to choose my own ways, and I also know how stubborn I am, how committed I am to the things that I decide to do. And so I know, and I testify this morning, that had not God intervened and said, you are going to be mine, I never would have chosen his ways on my own. And I give thanks to God for the fact that he has made me a part of his family. Is there anyone here this morning who can testify that it is glorious to know that you have been chosen by God? Because the doctrine of predestination is a hard one. It's a challenging one. It's one that, that has, has led to all sorts of theological battles within the, truth, within the church. And, and, and I can't get into like the depth of the doctrine of predestination this morning. But what I can tell you is what the text says. That God predestined those who would be adopted as children before the foundation of the world. He predestined you, Christian. It was your destiny before you were born to be a part of his family. And if you stop, and if you think about what it is that that means, it means that there is nothing that you can possibly do to save yourself. This is so much the case that before you had even done a single thing, before you had been born, before the foundations of the earth had in fact been laid, the Lord determined, this one is mine. That's the kind of love that the Father has for you. This is the kind of love that the Father has for you. And this is glorious. It means that our adoption as children into God's family is something that is seriously planned. Adoption is always something that's seriously planned. It's the case with the families that had their children baptized this morning. There are are months, sometimes years of planning and so many within the congregation have partnered with those people and supported them along the way to the point where their child is adopted. It's always something that is seriously planned, and adoption in God's mind wasn't plan B. He predestined us for adoption before the creation of the world. Plan A. John Piper says this so beautifully. It's not that plan A was that, that God would have a bunch of children without sin, And then just something happened and he had to like catch up and get to the the choosing part afterwards. No, the, the plan before the foundation of the world was creation and fall and then redemption to adoption as sons. This is something that was seriously planned by God. God's glory and mercy and grace before the foundations of the world were determined that he would show it through adoption. Adoption is not something that was second best for God. It was planned from the beginning. In our lives... There's something uniquely precious about having children by birth, and that's a good plan. And there's something different and also uniquely precious about adopting children. Each one has its own uniqueness. Your choice to adopt children might come sequentially after you've had biologically children, but it should not be and does not have to be secondary. It's as precious and significant as having children by birth. God is able to make adoption the A- plan in our lives, the A-plus plan in our lives. And so this first part talks about how this, this plan of God was to choose you and bring you into his family. You're predestined for adoption. Predestined for adoption. And that's what verse 5 says. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. Adoption. And here's where the metaphor i think becomes really powerful adoption is different from a host family now in my family when i was off in seminary my family decided that they would host a foreign exchange student for a year she was uh she was someone she named Hildegard. she came she lived with the family for a year and we were the host family for the year for the year she did everything with our family that that our family did um But she wasn't wasn't a daughter of my mom or my dad. She wasn't legally a daughter, right? Because we were her host family for the course of that year. What the scriptures are telling us is that when you become a Christian, it's not that you get a new host family. You get a real family. This means that you bear the name of this new family. It means that you operate according to the rules of this new family, it means that you're legally a part of this new family. It means that your identity is found in this new family. It means you belong to God because you are a part of his family. He's not simply hosting you. You're a, as much, through adoption, you are as much of a child of God as Christ Jesus is the son of God. Now, it doesn't mean that you're divine. It doesn't mean that you are without sin on your own strength. You are without sin because of Christ's strength, but you are a part of God's family Just like Jesus is his son. Now, this is really important because when adoption takes place... It's not, it's not It's not. pretending, right? You're not saying, we're going to pretend as if this person is a part of my family. This person legally becomes a part of your family and takes the same last name and is a son or a daughter of their parents, just like biological children are. And the same thing is true of you who are in Christ Jesus. God is not pretending that you're one of his children. You are his, if you belong to Jesus Christ. You are his. You're really a part of his family. And this is so deeply intimate. The way that we can turn to God and call out to God our Father is so intimate. And the scriptures bear this out as well. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 says that we cry out, Abba, Father. And it's interesting that the word Abba is preserved. It's preserved in the Aramaic. That's the language of Abba. And it's interesting that the word Abba actually made its way into the original text of the New Testament because the New Testament, you may know, was written in Greek. But in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, there's this Aramaic word that shows up, Abba. And it's because it's the word that Jesus used when he was referring to his father. When Jesus was on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them because they know not what they do. He's saying Abba. He uses Abba. And this word that Jesus used in Aramaic is a word that's preserved in the text of the scriptures. And so this this interesting Aramaic word pops up because it's the word that Jesus used to refer to his father. It means that you get to use the same word as Jesus when when you speak to the heavenly father. And it's one of these intimate words, right? It's tough to get an exact translation anytime you move from one language to another. But if you were to translate this word into English... The best way to translate it would be to say, we cry out, daddy, or we cry out, dada. Now, let me tell you this. Two and a half years ago, I became a dad. But because my son can't speak yet, right now, there's only one person that calls me dada, and it's my daughter. And when she sees me and says it, or if she's in need and she cries it out, it, it demonstrates an intimacy of connection that she knows that no one else does. And that same intimacy of connection, the language that Jesus Christ himself used to speak to his father, the scriptures give to you and to me to refer to God in the same kind of way. This is how intimate our relationship is with the father because of our elder brother, Christ Jesus. You bear his name. This is your fundamental reality. You have a home, you have a family, and it's the family of God. This is one of the reasons adoption is so powerful. Because it reminds us of how it is that we belong to God. We who are in Christ Jesus. And because we belong to him. Because we're his child. It means that we share in the same inheritance as Christ Jesus does. And that's what the text says as well. Verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. According to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace. And then it goes on in verse 11 and says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so it says, uh, it talks about how, it talks about how there is adoption as sons and into an inheritance. That's what the text says. And one of the things that happens in adoption is when a child is adopted, that child becomes a full heir of everything that the parents have, just like all of the other children. And Christ Jesus, through His life and His death and His resurrection, merited all of the blessings of the Father. They became His birthright. And so all that become a part of the family of God are promised the same inheritance. It means life everlasting with the Lord God. It means the earth itself. Take a look at these two sections of scripture Galatians 4 which I mentioned already 6 and 7 and then Romans chapter 8 16 and 17 Because you are sons is what Galatians 4 says God has sent the spirit of his son Into our hearts crying out Abba father so that you're no longer a slave But a son And then an heir through God That's what Galatians 4 6 to 7 says And Romans 8 says this The spirit himself bears witness with our hearts That we are children of God And if children then heirs Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. The inheritance that's fit for Christ Jesus is given to all of the children of God. The reason that the the Greek uses the word sons in particular is that in the Roman Empire at this time, it is the sons who were the heirs. If you were a son, that meant that you could receive an inheritance. And what the scripture is telling us is that male or female, if you belong to Christ Jesus, you are an heir of the promises of God along with him. Life everlasting. And the earth itself. In the Beatitudes, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, because why? Because the meek will inherit the earth they get that inheritance because they're joined to the heavenly father this should be a reminder to us not be not to be drawn away by anything that the earth might offer to us but anything the world the fallen world might try to draw you away with
0: you've been listening to today's message from pastor Derek Bukema. to learn more about Orland Park Christian Reformed Church listen to past programs Again, that's groundedandgrowingradio.com.
1: And now, more from Pastor Derek in our series called What is a Church? Focusing on a deeper understanding of what it is that we are called to as a church and what it is that we are called to do as Christians. There's so many temptations to look away from the Father and to turn towards something else. And a lot of times those temptations are are comfort-based or they're financially based. But one of the promises here is that the inheritance that's yours in Christ Jesus is so far beyond anything that this world could possibly offer that it is simply foolish to turn away from Him to try to chase after that thing. Your inheritance in Christ Jesus is so much better than anything the world could possibly offer. And it's because if you're in Christ Jesus... You're his child. So everything that's his, he gives to you. Adoption is such a powerful metaphor because it demonstrates to us the message of the gospel. That we become a part of the family of God. We become a child of God. No longer a slave to fear. We're a child of God. So powerful. And because of the potency of what the scripture says about our status of being a part of the family of God, I, I think that The potency of this example in Scripture and and the clarity with which Scripture connects this to, to redemption, I think that this should draw us to be people who adopt. It should draw us to be people who adopt. Not everyone here this morning is called to be an adoptive family, but we're called to support those who are. We're called to operate in a whole host of ways of care for those who need families or homes. And it may be that you're here this morning and you are called to adopt. It may be that you're called to adopt a son or a daughter to welcome a new member of your family. And so let me just press that a little bit. And let me, let me read a letter of someone who came to understand that he was called to adopt at 50 years old. And let me read this as a means to say, I'm looking out, it's not too late for a whole lot of you today. 50 years old. It's the story of of John and Noel Piper, and uh, Noel, his wife, had wanted to adopt for a number of years, and John Piper didn't think that it was right for them to do so. And then when he was 50 years old, the opportunity came for him and his wife to adopt an infant child who is an African-American woman, and he talked about how he's like, I'm 50 years old, I'm white, I have the chance to adopt this infant child who uh, who is black. And he came to realize that God had this as a purpose for them, right? And so he wrote this letter to his wife and it's really radically direct, which I understand some people might read it and find odd or maybe find parts off-putting and that, that's okay. I, I find some of the radical directness is part of what makes it so powerful and it's, this story of, it's the story of coming to the place where the realization was it was time to adopt. So let me re- read this letter that John wrote to his wife, Noël. He says, Dear Noël." With confidence in the all-sufficient future grace of God, I'm ready and eager to move ahead with the adoption of Talitha Ruth. I want to thank you that during these years when your heart has yearned to adopt a daughter, you have not badgered me or coerced me. You've been wonderfully patient. You've modeled faith in the sufficiency of prayer. You've always expressed support of me in my ministry, even if we should never adopt. You've been reasonable in all our discussions and have come forth with your rationale only when asked. You've honored my misgivings as worthy of serious consideration. God was good to put it into Phoebe's heart to call us about this child when she did, and not before we were ready. I realize more than ever that the mind of of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. This decision is not merely a tabulation of pros and cons. I'd be deceiving myself to think that. Yet I'm persuaded that this decision to adopt honors God more than not adopting. To my perspective, it seems to be the path that will spread a passion for the supremacy of God in all things for the joy of all peoples. I believe it'll bless our church and not hinder our work there. I believe it's the path of the greatest love for the greatest number. And therefore, I have confidence that God is pleased with it. I choose it not under constraint or with any reservation of commitment. I relinquish any thought that because you initiated the idea, you will bear blame for the burdens it will bring. As with our choice to have children in the first place and with our choice to go to Germany and the choice to leave Bethel and enter the pastorate, there's a common and united commitment to all that God will be for us in this path, including any frowning providence that he plans to sanctify to us. I believe that our eyes are open too, though we've learned that a toothache expected and the toothache experienced are not the same. We've come through enough to believe that God's future grace will be sufficient. His mercies are new every morning, and there will be mercies for every weight and wonder on this new path of our lives. I thank God for you. I enter with you gladly on this path. Whether we live to see our daughter grown or not, we will have done well to take her in. Life is very short, Whether 12 hours like Ashley Hope or 50 years like me or 76 years like my father or 94 years like Crystal Anderson, what matters is not that we do all we might have done or all we might have dreamed of doing, but that while we live, we live by faith in grace and walk in the path of love. The times are in God's hands, not ours. With this common conviction, we will, God willing, embrace our new daughter and give ourselves with all the might that the Lord inspires in us to love her into the kingdom. May the Lord establish the plans of our hearts and bring Talitha Ruth and the future husband God already knows into deep and lasting fellowship with Christ. May may she be an ebony brooch of beauty around your aging neck and a crown of purity and joy on your graying head. I love you. There should be for us, knowing how the scriptures speak of adoption, a call for some of us to adopt. There are babies with distended stomachs from hunger who need a family to care for them. There are those who parents or a mother cannot care for and need to give up. And let me say that the act of giving up a child for adoption is an act of incredible love. It's an act of incredible love. But as these parents give up their children for adoption, there are families that they need to be able to go into. There are infants in the womb that need to be protected and need a loving family willing to receive this child. And so it may be that God is calling you to adopt. And this metaphor of adoption should do another thing as well. Realizing how good and necessary it is to provide a home for children who are in need of a home should also awaken within us the need of those who are lost and ruined by the fall to come home to the family of God to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ alone and by adoption become a part of his family it should drive us to support missionaries and want to plant churches and want to tell other people about the Lord Jesus Christ it should give us a passion to see the world come to trust in Jesus and become a part of the family that we are a part of now It should motivate us to see that people trust Christ and belong to him and join us in worship and in fellowship and in life in the family of God. It should motivate us in that direction. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for adoption. I I thank you for those... Within our family who have adopted children. And and I thank you for the ways that we've been able to welcome them into baptized membership within the church today. I, I thank you for all of those families who have adopted. I thank you for everyone here who supports adoption in a whole host of various different ways. And Lord, I thank you most of all for this beautiful truth that we who are in Christ have become a part of your family, that you are, that you're our dad. And we pray that we might live in the confidence that can be ours and should be ours from knowing that we're a part of your family. And we pray that you might draw many, many more to trust in Jesus and become a part of this family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: This is Pastor Derek Bukema, and
1: on behalf of Orland Park Christian Reformed Church, we want to thank you for your support and partnership in proclaiming the gospel here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. If you're looking for a local church to call home, Orland Park Christian Reformed Church welcomes you to worship with us this Sunday. You can find all the details online at groundedandgrowingradio.com. Thanks again for joining us, and until next time, may God bless you.